Welcome back to the Love Your Night to Five show, episode number 11. Caution, you will begin to love your nine to five with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome back, everybody. Before we get started this week, I just wanted to let you know that we have a great lineup coming up for you in the next few weeks. We just recorded an episode with keynote speaker Dr. Paul Jenkins of drpauljenkins.com, and I'm sure you are going to enjoy that episode. We've also recorded with Kevin Cruz, founder of the Cruz Group, leadx.com, who has had a wonderful influence in the way I manage my workflow every day. You've already met Bob Berg, co-author of The Go-Giver in episode number eight, and we will also meet John David Mann, the other author of The Go-Giver, in a future episode. And for this week, we have Christina Inns with us. Christina is formerly from the world of the FBI and law enforcement turned super achiever. If you are looking to maximize your skills and talents, then this episode is for you. As always, you can hear this episode at schmolseptimist.com slash 11, as the same is with every single episode. So for this week's episode, we're excited to bring Christina on the show. I know you will enjoy this episode. Here we go. Welcome to this next episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. Today I have the privilege and we all have the opportunity to speak with an author, a speaker, a super achiever, a former employee of the FBI and the police department. Um, and Christina Eanes is here today and she's going to help and share some of her experience and help us all learn together how we can define our unique superpowers and how we can apply them to our professional uh, settings. Christina, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, I've read your LinkedIn profile and a little bit of a summary about who you are, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes because there's a lot of great material there. But tell us a little bit. Um, you have definitely a an interesting uh, professional career. And how exactly did you end up doing what you're doing right now? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's been an evolution. So I like to introduce myself uh, when I speak as a former violent crime analyst and senior manager turned author, speaker, and podcast host. Wow. <laughs> so I like to say I spent the first 15 years of my life on how humans shouldn't behave. And now my career is on helping people how to behave no well, <laughs> mainly through mindset perception i help others uh, achieve more in life essentially by getting out of their own way okay so oh, let ahead. me just cut in for a second there do you really think those are those two things connected did the first 15 years help you um prepare for the second 15 years immensely so uh studying the human perception and behavior connection is it's why people do what they do. So whether they choose to use it to do things badly or they mm -hmm. choose to do things in a positive way, it's still the same makeup, if you will. Okay. So what do you mean about getting out of your own way? Uh, we make beliefs. Uh, well, I like to call them stories. So we make up stories about everything. They're essentially our perceptions about 
life, right? And that's mm-hmm. based on the experiences we had as children, the culture we grew up in, the main influencers in our life. So we see everything through these, well, we'll call them lenses, okay. which greatly reduce, and I'll share a little bit more about that too when we get into this, but they greatly reduce how we see our world. And that can also greatly reduce how we see our superpowers and our passion for life. Um, so essentially, it's these lenses that we create based on our, our upbringing, our experiences, and those affect how we see everything. Okay. And, and I'm here to help you bust through that <laughs> so you can widen your experiences, widen your perception, maybe see things a little bit differently, which can completely change your world. Okay. Now, so getting out of our, our own way means being able to adjust our lenses to to see the world from other people's perspective. It, not necessarily other people's perspective. Yes, that's part of it, but to ch- to widen your perspective. Okay. To not limit yourself on what you're seeing. It, it's fascinating um, how much we can limit ourselves. There's actually studies, research studies, like, for example, in um, p- there's higher pedestrian fatalities where there's fewer pedestrians. Why? Why do you think? Yeah, because the cars are not used to looking out for them. Exactly. They're not expecting to see them, so they don't see them. Isn't that scary? <laughs> Imagine what we're doing to ourselves if we're not expecting to see something like an opportunity or a different way of looking at our nine to five, mm-hmm. then we're not going to see it. And that's what I'm here to help you, is to help you see it, to help you expand your perception. Interesting. So someone can be, I mean, I can relate to this because up until recently, I had the employee mentality. And more mm-hmm. recently, I'm looking at other business opportunities as they come by. And I'm trying to help my staff, even if it means losing them, helping them just broaden their, you know, their per- perspective also a little bit in that way. And that, you know, this is a problem in healthcare because of whatever. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. why, why don't you fix it? Like me? Yeah. You're, you're a player, just like everybody else is a player. You know, exactly. there's, no, there's no special license you need to have to start, you know, fixing things. Yes. This is essentially a way to help people own it. Um, If you think that work sucks, it sucks because that's your reality, right? So remember we were talking, I heard one of your other podcasts, you were talking about um, people, what was it? Thirsty Thursdays. Yeah. TGIFs. Yeah. So it's deciding to change it. Maybe how about Motivated Monday or Totally Awesome Tuesday that completely changes the way you experience your days because you're deciding to open your perception and look at them a different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty I, cool. I, yeah, it is cool. I tried to do that this Tuesday, actually. I tried to explain why it's the best Tuesday ever. Um, <laughs> it didn't really work because I think, you know, it, it, it works, but if you have to be careful, it's not just semantics. Exactly. Another way to, to do that is the attitude of gratitude, right? I know we hear that a lot, but... If you actually, what I do, and I do it with my husband as well, every night we sit and we tell each other three things that we're grateful for that happened that day. And sometimes it could be, I woke up, <laughs> I'm not six feet under, right? Okay. So some days we're reaching, but three things that we're grateful for and three wins, three wins that we had. And he's in a very stressful situation in his job right now. And it's made all the difference in the world, changing his perception on how he sees it. Interesting. Yeah, and that's when it that's when it leads it leaves the world of semantics, and that's when it becomes you know uh, applicable and becomes real. Exactly. Um, getting back to you to your story though, um, 
the reason why I want to focus on it is because a lot of our listeners are experiencing the evolution, which you're kind of coming out the other end. Um, you started off in your career um, following, what was it, Vi violent uh, crimes through your experience in the FBI. And yes. you you kind of, at, at some point, you made the change um, to move on to guiding people to do what, what you learned is correct. When, you know, from the work that, from that which you were able to learn from your previous career. So what pushed you along in that direction? And, and were, were you looking for something? And you kind of found it there. And f just so that others who are also kind of struggling with which direction to their career should go next. You know, what can we yes. learn from that process? Yeah. So interestingly, um, sometimes it was external pushes. Sometimes it was internal pushes. So uh, I was started out my career right after college uh, with a police department in California. And I was the lead crime analyst there. And I hit 30. And I was as high as I could go in the police department without being a police officer. And so I thought, okay. uh, I can't do this for 30 years. I need, I need growth. And I, one, and two, I want to affect the world at a higher level. So I thought, okay, I'll just go join the FBI. <laughs> so okay. it took a year, but um, I joined the FBI's Violent Criminal Apprehension Program, where I was a violent crime analyst for a number of years. One, I knew I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to do that for my entire career because the kind of messes you up doing violent crime for 30 years, right? Mentally. Right. Um, I was already, you know, looking for bodies in the woods as we're driving or on the freeways or highways. Ooh, oh my. See, you know, you, we <laughs> so have a problem. It changes, yeah, it changes your perspective. So I didn't want to necessarily have that my entire life. Um, but what pushed that move was I got a bad boss and there was no, uh, I want a person that I viewed as a bad boss. Um, but there was no other place I could go and still hold that position. So uh -huh. I decided, you know what? I see a lot of leaders like this in my area. So I want to go change the leaders of the FBI. So I wheedled my way into the leadership development program uh, so I could start training leaders you know, how to treat their people like humans and not cogs in a wheel. Okay. And I fell in love with that work so much so that uh, I came to a point where my kids were leaving the nest. Right. A very proud mom of a U.S. soldier and um, a daughter in college. Good for you. Yeah, and and so I've I've been an entrepreneurial spirit since birth, essentially, in my husband's government. So I thought it's time to step out and do this on my own. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a little external and internal pushes throughout, but it's been an evolution, and I wouldn't change anything because every experience that I've had along the way has helped me be exactly who I am today to be able to help people in the way that I do. Wow, phenomenal. So so you can kind of say that through, you know, you've definitely went through the internal and the external factors that shifted you along this journey. Not all of them, you know, did you have control over, but they've, they've all helped shape and mold you into who you are today and to be effective as you can be today. Exactly. And actually, one of the things that I, I cover in uh, my podcast and book and stuff is adversity is a gift. So I'm so thankful for that boss that was, it was just such a stressful two years that I was under him, but I am so thankful because he taught me so much in how to be resilient, how to persevere, um, how to make sure and not internally be a mess when things externally are a mess. You know, it's how we respond to the situations in our life. Mm -hmm. So 
even when you're in a really difficult situation during your nine to five, you can look at it as what am I learning from this? What is the gift it's providing me? Right. I mean, we always either we win or or we learn. I, exactly. It actually reminds me, uh, my sister had a cartoon hanging in her room when growing up and it had a big sign. I don't remember what the picture was, but it said nobody is worthless. They could always serve as a bad example. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love it too. That's why I remember it. But um, but it's really true. So, I mean, I've had similar experiences and I've you learn from every single one what not to do. and And even in maturing professionally, you know, when I'm less emotionally attached to some of the examples that come to mind, you could even see what they did right, even though for you personally, they may not have been a great boss and they may not be a good boss at all, but there still might be certain things that those same people did. I find myself referring back to people who I've used as examples of not maybe less than the best uh, managers and leaders that, hey, there were a couple of things that they did do, um, which which maybe, they, you know, some things they did do right. That might be have to do with getting out of my own way and adjusting my lens to be able to see it a little bit from their perspective or from a broader perspective. Oh, exactly. And I've learned a lot of how, you know, like your sister's cartoon on how not to do things. And that was just as viable of a learning experience yeah. as the, the other ones on how to do things. The key is to properly identify which is a good example, and which is a bad example. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you end up emulating all the bad examples and learning not to do the good examples, you end up on your FBI most wanted list. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There right. you go. <laughs> all right. So tell us a little bit of, of where you are today and the work that you do with some of your clients. Um, so uh, by helping people get out of their own way, I do that in several ways. I have some book products, online courses, and I do speaking engagements. I have the podcast. Um, so I also go, oh, go ahead. ahead. No, so oh, if you have work. to give us the short version of the meat and potatoes of the book, the podcast, and the courses, what is the underlying foundational principle or principles that we can, you know, try to apply today? Um, so I call that the five uh, focus areas, focus areas for so super achieving. It's uh, mindset. So focusing on your perception and how your your brain and your mind can help or hinder you. So understanding that, how when we are getting in our own way. Uh, the second one would be resilience. So looking at adversity as a gift and building up your resilience. That's something that we can learn. It's not just something that you know you have when you're born. Okay. Um, the next thing is connection, connecting with people, uh, building your network. We can't do this alone. <laughs> right. It takes a village for everything, right? Um, then self-care. That's the foundation for pretty much everything. If you don't take care of yourself, uh, get enough sleep, get proper nutrition, get exercised, you're not going to be worth anything because uh, your your perception and your mindset's going to go down the toilet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Your resilience is going to go down the toilet and you're going to mess up your relationships. And then the final one is self-development, is developing yourself in whatever way you can to be just a better human being, not just on your technical skills. Okay. So let's focus on that because if, um, if I'm in a career and I'm looking to figure out it, when you're in the middle of it and you're in, you're in the th if I would have asked you, if, you know, 20 years ago, would you be doing what you're doing today? You probably would have said no. And uh, many of us and many of the listeners are still in that point where we have no idea where it's going to end up. What are, what are the steps that we can take today to try to 
and if we know that we want to move along the journey, like where we are right now is not working, what would be maybe some practical steps that we can take to apply some of these principles today and try to get to the next step? Um, well, let's see. There's a lot in that question there. <laughs> there is. How, I know. How about um, let's first look at so maybe discovering your passions. Would okay. Yes. Okay. So because mine's it, I've looked back at my life and the theme has always been the same. I wanted to help people on a grand scale. Uh, just how I ended up doing it was differently. Mm -hmm. And I actually stumbled upon achieving. I didn't know that that was my superpower. And the way I did that, and this is part of the mindset portion of it, is I, I did some reflecting. I sat down and asked myself when I, when I was first, I decided, okay, I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to become an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I've wanted to do this since birth, but I didn't because of, um, I needed a secure job really with, I had kids young. Right. Um, so I sat down and did some reflection and I didn't even realize that I was an expert in achievement. It, it seems so silly now to say that out loud, mm -hmm. but at this point, um, I mean, even it was, gosh, it was like, it was like I was Superman. I had to become Clark Kent to fit in when I was younger. Mm -hmm. My, and so, and I'll explain that in a second too, because that, that's how my reflection came apart. I was, I asked myself, hey, what do I do without even thinking about it? Um, when I look like, like I look up at the clock and hours have passed, you know, what's so easy for me to do, but yet other people seem to struggle with it. And so the answer I kept coming up with was achievement, but, and this is where the perception part comes in. I had equated based on my, um, my experiences as a child and even an adult achieving as a negative thing, because like I was that kid that got their work done early in class and then I would get in trouble because I'd be bored. Wow. Or the, yeah, or the person in the office that other people would come around and say, quit making us look bad, don't do so many reports. Or so I would hide. I would hide my achievement. Well, wow, <laughs> that so, that is that is um coming from uh someone else's perspective. Uh, uh that that's phenomenal. I've never heard that before that that you've kind of learned, you've learned to hide your achievements and that achievements always had a negative connotation or some yeah. sort of negative association. Yeah. It brought on negative peer, uh, attention. <laughs> and you're serious when you say that. I'm totally serious. Wow. Yeah. So I had learned to hide my achievement uh, is I didn't go all out. So I would still achieve, but I didn't go all out. But that that was a theme throughout my life. So I'd never thought of that as my superpower, being able to get a lot of stuff done very quickly. Um, and so sitting down and doing that reflection, I realized, hey, that's a superpower and I can teach other people how to do that. As a child, was a 99 on a test devastating for you? No, I actually... Um, well, you know what, though, because now that I'm looking back from, you know, you know how we change our memories when we have new perspectives. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did. I always like to get A's, but I wouldn't like I wasn't a perfectionist. It wouldn't uh -huh. tear me apart if I didn't. Interesting. Yeah. Because sometimes a perfectionist will overachieve in a very stressful, unnatural way in order yes. to get those results because they have to. But that's not how you exactly. were doing it. You just. Exactly. And that's why I say I. um I'm an expert in super achieving. So the, a super achiever is one who achieves more than most with the mission of making a positive impact on the world while growing themselves in the process. 
an Whoa. overachiever. One second. Let, let, let's digest that. Can you, <laughs> one can, more? Let me get, repeat it. Okay. Yeah, slowly. So a superachiever is one who achieves more than most uh-huh. with the mission of making a positive impact on this world, however small, however big, doesn't matter, uh, while growing themselves in the process. Okay, that's a very clear and worked out definition. Yes. That, that didn't just <laughs> spill into your head. Well, and that's because overachiever, and again, this is from growing up, you know, being accused of being an overachiever, right? Mm-hmm. So overachiever has such a negative connotation. It means you're overachieving, right? So right. the way I'm defining overachiever, and it's actually, I think it was Urban Dictionary, <laughs> said something about people that, um, am I allowed to cuss on here? <laughs> For not. I could, I could cut it. That's okay. So you can look it up on uh, Urban Dictionary, overachieving, and you can see the definition. Okay. Um, but essentially, it's someone who is is like either they're trying to achieve too much, they're they're overextending themselves, stressing themselves out, or they're ach- they're so achievement focused they don't mind stepping on other people to get where they need to Got go. Um, all of that ucky stuff, right? So super achieving people, super achieving. Okay, I see what it is. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who is so much better than you that it gets you upset. There you go. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Sure. <laughs> but then I will not attempt to use their sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely very clear. I will put a link to it in the show notes, though, just so we get the point. Um, so, so you were able to figure out a way to, to kind of give it a positive spin. Yes. And that's where mindset comes in. Okay. Because I had only thought of achievement in one way. And so that had completely negated my thoughts on being an expert in it and being able to teach other people how to do it better. So opening my mindset, I opened a whole new world. Okay. For myself. (laughs) Okay. Uh, My question is, most people are not uh, naturally super achievers the way that you are and even those who are successful and have, you know, achieved great accomplishments have not had this uh, such a accompli- they, they don't have the negative association that you were forced to develop with achievements because, right. because you were achieving to, to that extent that you are. So for our, I don't want to say a regular person, but <laughs> <laughs> well, so, see, that's my superpower. But the way I came about finding out about it, mm-hmm is the same process that other people can use as well to find their superpower. Okay, which is? Right, so it's that quiet reflection on what do I do without even thinking about it? What do I, what am I doing when I look up and the clock has passed two hours and it feels like two minutes? You know, what, what is so easy for me but yet other people struggle with? Doing a reflection on that and keeping yourself open to what pops up is how you can determine your own superpower, your passion. Mm-hmm. And it, that's a good point that you have to be open to what the results will be. You you may yeah. not be a superpower in what you think, you know, you are or in what you want to be a superpower. Maybe something completely different. Exactly. I mean, but the good news is, once you do discover it, connect with it, and act on it, great things happen. Exactly. So that you know, you don't have to force the results, and it won't won't help anyway. Okay, so. It, but in your work as a super achiever, are you working to help others become super achievers or are you helping them to uncover who they are? I'm helping them to achieve more in life. 
whatever they want that to be, wherever they're at on the achievement spectrum. So let's say they want to achieve a promotion. No problem. Let's focus on your mindset, your resilience, your connection with others, your self-care and your self-development, right? Um, let's say you want to achieve more work-life balance. You want to achieve more time with your family. No problem. Let's focus on your mindset, your resilience, the way you connect with others, your self-care and your self-development. So it's like the same foundation for everything, mm -hmm. but essentially I help them achieve more, whatever that is to them. Make sense? It does. So basically you take a, a concrete result, which, which the, whoever you're working with, but I guess the client is supplying to you. This is where I want to go and helping them get there. Now, yeah. it, it would be their responsibility to figure out if that result is the, where they should be going in the first place. Exactly. Well, and, that, and that's part of what I, I, I don't want to say teach, but I promote is that taking full responsibility for your experience of your life, you know, not blaming others for, you know, I didn't get that promotion because they didn't like me. Well, okay, well, what's your part in this? Or, you know, I'm not happy. Okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so it's essentially about taking responsibility for your experience. Got it. And which is a, a lot about what love your nine to five is about. Yeah. I mean, it, intentionally. It, the goal, the goal, exactly. The goal is to live intentionally and not, it's not, it's not your parents, it's not your friends, it's not the school or the boss, because there's, <laughs> those people will always exist. And if not, maybe with other titles and they may look differently, but ultimately it's it's our own responsibility if we want to live a pleasurable and meaningful existence during our stay on this planet we we really must do what we can and connect with the right people and find the right resources and tools and but the most important thing is like you said and i've you know you're not the first to share the, you know in different versions but it's really just reflecting cuz no one can really just tell you who you are it's going to have to, you know, you, there's going to have to be some serious digging. You may be able to find facilitators and others who can, mm -hmm. can help you dig deeper and deeper. But ultimately, we all know somewhere on some level, you know, where, where our superpowers lie, but we have to actually reflect on it. You mentioned earlier something else. And when I'm pressing you to understand your uh, evolution of your career, and it's not just to pry... Uh, you know, the personal details, although I like to do that too. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but um, I will actually in the next question. But one thing, you, one thing you are pointing out is that we have to be open to the fact that it's a process and that it does evolve and that every experience we have, we have to be listening to feedback that's given to us and, and every experience knowing that we're, you know, we're learning and we're growing through the process to get to wherever we're going to, end up getting exactly because you know if if we just say okay i have this job and i come in and i do it and i'm just basically going to do it until i can no longer do it no matter what happens no matter who says anything no matter what events happen it's just like okay how does that affect do i come in later tomorrow you know the building blew up okay do i still have a job no all right go next door <laughs> you know but we have to kind of be listening to these messages um right getting back to the follow-up question though is there any particular experience you can point to in your career, in your somewhat colorful and exciting career, um, <laughs> that you would point to and say, this is probably the biggest failure that you've had professionally. 
And uh-huh. I told you I like asking that question. And yeah, but the right. uh, first of all, because that in itself is entertaining when it's somebody else. But all, <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, um, what have you learned from that experience? And perhaps something that we can all learn from that as well. So the the first thing that comes to mind when you say the worst career failure, <laughs> um, it's not that exciting. But um, uh, I was a new senior manager. I had a new team, and we were working on a brand new program. And this was um, when I was with the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, I reported to my immediate boss was a new executive. And then the boss's boss uh, reported directly to the FBI uh, director. Okay. So, yeah. So it was high level, high. So I'm losing my words now. but um, and, High profile. Yes. High profile. Thank you. Um, so we were, gosh, it was like the first time, first or second time we were running this new program for leaders. And the the top boss was very hands-on because it was her baby and it was brand new. Mm-hmm. And she had a very specific way she wanted us to pass out assessments. We had a, a personality assessment and then a 360 assessment that we were giving the leaders throughout the week. And she got up there and she was telling them about how they're going to get this personality assessment and telling them what they needed to do that night. And she very specifically did not, you can already tell what's going to happen, right? She very specifically uh, said she didn't want the 360 passed out till the next day. She didn't want people to have them overnight to look at them. Okay. So my staff members start passing out the assessments and the people start opening them up. And what do I notice? The 360 is in there. (laughs) It's the wrong assessment. Yeah. (laughs) So I had to go tell this to my boss and my boss's boss who were sitting there after she had just told everyone they were getting a personality assessment. Um, And then I had to make an announcement to all the attendees and just do a lot of firefighting. But uh, so that was very scary. That was, um, if I'd been in the private industry and I had a different boss, that could have been at the moment you're you're fired kind of minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, her her response and his response, they were both there together sitting and uh, just made my learning immensely. So... um, it made my day, my week, my year, whatever. Um, but they first asked, what did I learn from the situation? And so I told them about, um, of course, I was really stressed out because no, no excuses. But I told them my learning about, you know, being more closely in, aligned with the team and making sure that they were doing what they needed to do, especially in these very important things. But then she shared her learning with me, which I thought was awesome. A boss's boss sitting there telling you, she said, I realize that um, I I haven't set you up properly for your position yet, and we've expected way too much of you because they they were they gave me two different teams at two different locations about an hour apart, and I basically needed to be with both of the teams constantly to get them up and running. That doesn't make so, any sense. Exactly. So I I wasn't two people, right? Right. But she'd share her learning on that that they didn't they set me up for failure that they didn't give me the resources that I needed and the time that I needed to get my team up and running and prepared for this. So it was an amazing learning experience from something that could have been like career ending. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. That was that. Wow. So, so, okay. Interesting. So it sounds like uh, on some level it was probably like an administrative assistant type of mistake but the the severity kind of you know that type of mistake undermined the whole process that you were trying to do, or that you but more importantly your boss was trying to do. Exactly. You know, interestingly enough, though, it turned out 
that the people liked having their assessments the night before, they could digest them, so they weren't having emotional reactions in class when they were reading them. So it actually turned out that we changed the process to that process. Really? She was adamant about earlier, but yeah, but it still could have been horrib- gone horribly wrong. <laughs> wow, so that's that's fascinating because it sounded like the whole purpose was it should be a, an element of surprise. They shouldn't have time to work out whatever it is. That the, whatever emotions the assessment would have evoked. But yeah, apparently... she didn't want people going home and calling people and saying, why did you put this in my assessment, essentially? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So you owned up to it. I'm I'm not sure if you had much of a choice, but... You I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that yeah. was pretty obvious. Everyone, will, everyone was going to say in a second that, oh my gosh, it's in there. But oh, yeah. at the same time, you you were working for bosses who were able to you know, who are able able to use the moment. If you look at it from their perspective, right, you, you're a boss as well. Um, right. if, if they were to make this, you know, the end of your career or something very, some very serious dis- disciplinary action, um, what positive effect would that have had on you or the organization? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, well, yeah, that wouldn't have, uh, if I was, if I had had any other boss, I probably would have been, um, transferred because <laughs> it's government. You can't really fire that much. Right? right. Um, so yeah, I probably would have been transferred. It was still would have been a big learning moment for me uh, on that one is, you know, speaking up if you have unrealistic expectations put right. on you. So I was, um, I was going to go there because that's what your right. boss was saying. And it seems like that you were the one they keep on piling up and piling up and you're never going to say that you, that you can't do it because you're a super achiever. Exactly. At least at that point. And at that, that point, yeah. And that's that's definitely um, <laughs> kind of went into overachieving there. <laughs> over, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It, that means that there's a point where even even when we learn how to super achieve, but there's a point where we say, okay, I can't handle this. This is too much. Right. And um, and well, speaking so, up for yourself. Yeah, but specifically in this, because especially if you're proud of being someone who can achieve, you know, quite a lot and be successful in lots of projects at the same time, that's particularly something. You might be able to ask for help because you don't have any paper left in your office or maybe even that you need a raise, but saying that there's too much on your plate might be something that for you specifically or anyone who takes pride in over in super achieving, um, it might, it, that might be something that's particularly difficult because this is what I do. I'm exactly. a super achiever. So that, yeah. so that is something that, you know, we're all humans. We all have a limit to how much we can accomplish our goal is to push ourselves close to the limit, but not past that point. Right. Well, well and the owning up to it is important too. I think, um, yeah, I didn't even realize it, but see in the law enforcement culture, you, you have to own up to it because it's, you can make a mistake and it'll be excused. But if you try to hide it or lie about it, that's immediate dismissal. So <laughs> that's the other thing is owning up to those mistakes. Yeah, I'm right? just, um, I'm just remembering, I'm listening to a book now from Simon Sinek, um, Eaters Eat Last, and he quotes a lot from the military. And uh-huh. one specific incident, um, I think it was during boot camp training, where there was um, one of the new members um, fell asleep on the job and his career was terminated from that. And he was questioning you know, just for, you know, I understand he fell asleep on the job, but it's not like there he's in Afghanistan, in Afghanistan in active duty. He's in the woods somewhere. Actually, I think it was Virginia. And, you know, nothing's going to happen. So it was explained to him 
that when he was caught, he tried to deny it. And he said, no, I didn't really fall asleep. It was only when he was caught red-handed and he came back and said, I'd like to take responsibility for my actions. I said, I'm sorry, there's no place for you because in the military, yeah. it's all based on trust. And exactly. if you can't trust the person and the gunner in the tank, you know, to protect you when you're running across the minefield, it's it's not going to work out very well. Exactly. So, so that, that's apparently works that way in law enforcement. And again, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> Uh -huh. um, that it should be that way. But truth be told, in every industry and in every social relationship, you know, the relationship is only as strong as we can trust that we're not covering up mistakes and that we're yeah. owning up to them and dealing with them as opposed to just brushing them away because th they won't go away. Um, again, this, this, this always happens. I know you mentioned that when you're doing something that you really love, you look at the clock and... You don't realize that two hours have passed by, so it hasn't been two hours, but I see that we're getting uh, closer to the end. Um, I always like to ask my podcast host if there's one particular book other than your own, because I'll definitely put a link to those in the show notes as well, as well as your podcast. Um, is there any one particular book that had a very strong effect on you and something that you think that our listeners and myself should read, or in my case, probably listen to? Um, and, you know, in a way that will get them closer to this general goal of understanding ourselves and finding ways to apply that to our personal and professional environment. Yeah, a lot of books have uh, shaped me throughout the evolution. Uh, the most recent one, though, and I almost I have to be careful saying the title um, in a way. So in a way, it helps you shape your perception. And I love it. But the only problem is it drops the F-bomb every sentence practically. In For emphasis. Book, it, it, yeah, it's uh, Mark Manson's um, okay. The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F-Bomb. We'll, we'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I don't, I don't, I, there's not a clean version, unfortunately, but it, it's amazing because uh, he basically says, and what's another um, word that I can use? Anyway, so he basically says there's only so many things that we can think of as being a big deal in our life. Okay. So deciding what you're going, what's going to be a big deal for you, um, except for he uses the, you know, the f bomb. I that. got it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that so kind of really, kind of makes sense. In other words, there's yeah. all, some things you just got to let them slide and say, I don't care. It's not my thing. Exactly. Is this something that I'm going to be worried about in five years from now? Well, then I'm gonna let it go. You know, like uh, oh, you know, so and so said something to me today at work, and I'm so mad. Well, you know what? Just let it go. <laughs> it's not one of your big, big deal things. Wow. So just let it go. Enjoy it. It just changes your perception on how you look at work and things that happen there or your personal life and how right. things, you know, happen I mean, there. It sounds like not getting too bogged down with the, the mundane petty things, which would generally grab our attention. You know, and exactly. the, the media throws at us the things that are happening right now in the moment. But in the bigger picture, probably most of those things won't matter in a very you know in a, the further we go away the less they'll matter and right now you're busy doing something else that maybe does matter so mm -hmm. you know just kind of prioritizing i don't know if that's exactly. the, if that's the word that 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 the author would use but um <laughs> but, <laughs> but um i'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes as well um if uh, if our listeners want to get in touch with you and learn more about you and the, your products and services, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, the quitbleepingaround.com, my website. 
okay. for these kind of services. And then they can connect on LinkedIn if they'd like. Okay. Follow me on Twitter. I answer all, all of those mediums. <laughs> okay, excellent. Now, w did you want your website to be called something else and they just added the bleep in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see I kind of have that personality, right? Uh, yeah, I see. Um, you, you've... It's the only Hanging around would some be FTC approved. <laughs> Hanging around a lot of uh, tough people in That's some it. real tough situations. <laughs> uh, but Christina, it's really been a pleasure. Um, I know we've only touched the surface, and you know, in some of these focus areas that you've taken probably years to develop, and uh, some of you know, you definitely give us enough that we can start practicing uh, reflection and focusing on our areas of achievement um, right now. But I really strongly encourage the listeners to go to quitbleepingaround.com and to really, and to look at, you know, some of your books, your videos, your podcasts. I did have a look to see it. You really have quite a, quite a nice array of resources um, that are available and um, really to dig deeper into some of these concepts. And perhaps we'll have to have a follow-up conversation about some of these because um, I feel like we're really just scratching the surface. But thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Oh, it has been a pleasure. Thank you. Wow, Christina really gave it to us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed this episode. As always, all the show notes and links can be found at schmallseptimist.com slash 11. While there, be sure to download your free Discover Your Power tool and join our email list to be in on the action. And don't worry, I will not abuse your inbox. Until next time, make sure to apply the concepts discussed today and in our other episodes, and get a little bit closer to work that you really enjoy. <laughs>